On today's Question of Faith, does Pope Francis hate pet owners? Hey everybody, this is Question of Faith. I'm Mike Hayes. I'm the Director of Young Adult Ministry here in the Diocese of Cleveland, and I'm joined by my two colleagues... Father Damian Ferentz, Vicar for Evangelization. Miguel Chavez, uh, Director of the Office of Missionary Discipleship. And we're here, and this is one question of faith each week is what we're going to do here. And so this week is one that's been in the headlines that was actually kind of sort of near and dear to my heart is, does Pope Francis hate pet owners? <laughs> do, do we want to give some background onto this? Like, how did this come up and, uh, you know, what, what's been in the news? Yeah, well... It's been all over the news, and people who normally don't listen to much of what Saint or Saint Francis, Pope Francis, who's named after <laughs> Saint Francis, there. says, pets. It's on the mind. Um, <laughs> made some comments uh, recently about uh, pets and pet owners and children. So I don't know. If, do you want me to read what I have here, or how would you like to go forward? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. What do you got? So this is what Pope Francis said the other day. I was talking about the demographic winter that we have today. Many couples do not have children because they do not want to, or they have just one. But they have two dogs, two cats. Ooh. So there's the, there's the first quote. And then the second, he says, yes, dogs and cats take the place of children. Yes, it's funny, I understand. But it is the reality. And this denial of fatherhood and motherhood diminishes us, takes away humanity. So those are the two big quotes from the Holy Father. Okay, so when I read that, I was like, oh, dear, he's talking about me. Here I am, married guy, no kids, and if there's one thing you know about me, it's that you know I love my dog. Hayes Hayes. <laughs> Hayes Hayes, that's right. That was his name at the shelter, by the way, when we picked him up. We oh. did, yeah, we, oh, you didn't know that? That's, no. that's funny. Yeah, that, that was why we took him. Meant <laughs> to was, be. Meant to be my Yeah, exactly. I said, if that dog's name is Hayes, I'm taking him home because that's my last name. Yeah. But um, – but regardless, yeah, I mean, my wife and I can't have children. It's not that we didn't mm-hmm. want children, right? Right. And then, uh, you know, we do lavish love on our dog at the same time. And so I was like, oh, dear, is the Pope talking about me? <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't think so, but let's, let's, let's read a little more, you know. Let's see what else he had to say. Um, what I think, though, is I think you know, he's, he's really talking about people who are making a preference, right? You know, a, a preference of choosing to care for animals over and against having their own children. Correct, yeah. So when a couple gets married in the Catholic Church, they uh, make some, they have to answer some questions before they take their vows. Uh, and the last one is, will you be open to children and raise them according to the law of Christ and his church? And so the idea is that a married couple would want to incarnate their love, if God allows it, to bring children into the world um, and become mothers and fathers in that process, in that reality. And I, what the Pope's getting at here is that couples are intentionally choosing not to do that and rather substituting children for dogs and cats. And that's fighting word. Those are fighting words for some people. But I don't think anyone would argue that a human being has more dignity as a human being than a dog would or a cat would. Cats and dogs are good. They're part of God's creation, uh, but they are not children. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. when I So when I was married, uh, I was not a cat person, and my wife was. So after we got married, we ended up with two cats. And I thought, oh, here we go. But I absolutely fell in love with one of these cats. And this cat, I mean, it followed me around like a dog. And I used to carry this thing around. And in many ways... Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. This cat followed me yeah, around like a dog? Don't judge me, Mike. Absolutely. <laughs> You know, even and I had these moments, this sense of companionship, this sense of loyalty. I took care of this cat. I mean, I, I made sure it was fed and watered. I, I cleaned up after it. And here's the thing. Now, I, I have three young children. And, you know, when I became a father, what I realized was this was taking care of kids involved making sure they were fed and watered. I mean, you know, very similar <laughs> things I picked up after them. But what I noticed, I mean, and again, obviously there's a distinction. You know, we certainly care for our pets. We love our pets. What I found is that as, particularly now as my children are, are growing up, my, my oldest is 12, going to be a teenager very soon. I realized that being a father is much, much more than just caring for the, the surface needs of, of a child. But it has more to do with recognizing God's presence and my my blessing to to serve as a father in many ways ennobles my own experiences and strengthens my own commitment to Jesus Christ. I never, I, and again, I while while we certainly share love, and and I certainly loved this cat that I had. Um, obviously, there was a distinction, but I realized that. It was more than just caring for my kids, but it was an encounter of Jesus Christ that that brought life to me in a way that I couldn't possibly imagine. Now, for folks who who don't have kids or can have kids, That's we me. see that how we interact with others as well, right? When I, I, Mike, I know you and I, we worked on college campuses. Oh yeah, you know, accompanying and walking with these young men and women who are asking big questions, searching for more in their lives. I mean, in so many ways. It, it, parenting is not unlike that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, people call me father because yeah, right? yeah. I'm a spiritual father. I Absolutely. don't have biological children. And I think this is the distinction. So your children, you and your wife created your children. They're made yeah. in God's image and likeness. They're human beings. Uh, and that's different than an animal because you didn't create an animal because a dog is a dog and a cat is a cat and a human being is a human being. Um, So they share the fact that they are, uh, they all are alive, but a human being plays at a higher pitch because we could say will and intellect and a, and an immortal soul. Um, So philosophically speaking, I have to say these things. I'm a philosopher also because they're true. Um, So we can, (laughs) we can make those um, distinctions. What gets me here, I think is, Getting to maybe the deeper question, wh- why would a couple intentionally choose not to have children? And my experience has been that a lot of it is fear of what – this is a really dark world. It can be harsh. I don't know if my own experience of being a child was tough, and I don't know if I could possibly want to bring another child into that. So yeah. I think that's one of the things this got me thinking about. And some of the reactions that were so forceful toward the Holy Father um, may have been coming from a place of hurt, and that place of hurt may be what keeps 
um, couples from being open to bringing children into the world. But yeah. I think the conversation's good. Yeah, fear and economics yeah. too, right? You know, mm-hmm. like I'm I'm, af- I'm afraid that I won't be able to afford a child. You know, and children are expensive. Blah blah. blah. But yet, you know, and I think this is where the Pope's criticism comes in. You'll lavish like all kinds of things on your dog. You know, your or your cat. You know, you'll have a little like you know cat city in your house, right. and you'll have all kinds of clothes for your dog and everything else. Right. It was funny when I first got my dog. I went to the vet because he, he didn't seem to be feeling well. And I said, I said, yeah, you know, he's coughing and he's sneezing. And I don't, I don't know what's going on. She said, um, Mike, he's, he's cold. He's got, he's got a little touch of pneumonia. And I was like, mm. he's cold. And she was like, yeah, you know, it's winter here. She was like, he's a chihuahua. He's, he's from Mexico. He's not used to this. She's like, you have to dress him up. Uh. And I was like, no. <laughs> and she was like, no, I'm serious. You, you've got to put a little coat on him. I'm, I'm not kidding. And I was like, Okay, there's no way I'm gonna do this. And she's like, Mike, if you don't, the dog's gonna die. Mm-hmm. And I was like, All right, so now you know I don't think I'm excessive about this, but my dog needs to wear clothes. Yeah, but you give <laughs> you know? him Cleveland sports. Uh, I do. Everyone's really nice. Yeah, <laughs> every once in a while. Yeah, you know. But I don't think I go overboard with it either. You know, that's the thing. Other people do actually. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets he gets clothes from people all the time to the point where I had to say, Hey guys, could you do me a favor? Cut it out and get whatever you're gonna give him. Make a donation in my family's name to some charity that you mm-hmm. that you want to do. He doesn't need any more clothes. He's fine. He can't wear them all at once. It's okay. Please cut it out with the dog clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? But yeah, I, I think sometimes convenience plays into this too. I, yes. You know, I, I, don't get me wrong. It's a lot of work to take care of an animal. I could speak as a cat owner previously. I mean, I, I, sometimes I forgot that cat was around in his later years, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. I mean, I, I, I've also heard this argument. Well, when, when you know, they, I, I'm going to prioritize my job or I'm going to mm. – I don't want to change my lifestyle around Correct. too much. Yes. And so th- there's, there's essentially this compartmentalization of – if it doesn't fit into this area in my life, in this yeah. bucket yet, then yeah. I'm going to push it away. And so what we do is then we take our you know, human life and compartmentalize it. I think mm-hmm. it trickles down to how we also view humanity throughout throughout society as well. Um, I, I think that plays into it. There's, yeah. It's a sense of, well, it's not convenient for me right now. And let me tell you, kids, are they're not convenient at all. <laughs> no, but they make you less selfish. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But it, that, that re- requires a reality check, yeah. I think, in a lot of ways. So I think that plays into it as well. Um, well and I have a lot of my uh, young friends who were in my first my youth group at my first parish who have larger families and the houses can be the homes can be rather chaotic but i'm thinking what an investment for down the line as the kids grow older um, that you have you have adult conversations with people that you created and um, and then to take care of you and then to uh, pass on um, that love to in, in in grandchildren eventually and watching the children do what they do. There's, there's something fascinating about it, but yeah, it's hard work. That's at the end of the day, it's hard and it will crimp your lifestyle. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. And I think that's the Pope's point too, Mm -hmm. is that, you know, all this is hard and he's not denying the reality of raising a family being difficult, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, he's saying it's really what enriches the human family. You know, really (laughs) is what enriches the world is the creation of other people and the care that we show for one another and that we should prefer to lavish that care on each other as opposed to lavishing it on a dog or a cat. Mm -hmm. And or my particular lifestyle. So he really is calling for an open heart um, 
to empty ourselves in love and to avoid the throwaway society of just this pleasure, that pleasure, but a, a deeper, deep, deeper way of being. And he is a he's a prophetic pope, and there's a reason people don't like him is because he says things that are true that sting, um, and that's not always a bad thing. Yeah, right. Exactly. I, you know, I heard a really good comment from someone the other day who was not Pope Francis, and I wish I had I had written it down. I'm not prepared for this, but. Um, someone said that they grew up in, po- in, you know, in a place where there was a lot of poverty, and they said that one of their takeaways when they came to the United States was that they saw supermarket aisles filled with dog food, and they and cat food for that matter. And they said, you know, I come from a place where people didn't where people didn't have food, when there wasn't enough food in supermarkets for people. Mm. But here in the United States, we're so you know we're so rich that we're able. To have all these aisles of, of, you know, and it was sort of like, what are we doing? You yeah. know, we've got all and, these aisles and we can't even take care of the world's hungry. And not even dog food, but diet dog, diet food, dog food if your right. dog gets obese because there's been too much. I mean, we do live in a culture of excess for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I want to go back to one thing you said, Father, that emptying out of your love. I mean, I, I think that's a beautiful way. That word emptying. I mean, in a lot of ways, when you empty something you can lose control. You have little control of where it goes at times, right? I could think of, for example, my, my son was carrying a five gallon bucket of water and I said, well, just pour it over there. Well, I ended up in a completely different spot because, you know, <laughs> it's, it's tough to manage, but you think of Christ emptying his love for us. I mean, there, there, there are no limitations. There are no boundaries that that love can't flow. And in some ways it's, it's like that when we think about caring for and loving others, emptying ourselves out requires in many ways, confronting all the barriers that maybe we put up in our lives. We live fractured lives too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, you know, I live by my schedule. I'm always looking at things. And when I screw up my schedule, that, that really crimps things. And uh, oftentimes when our lives are so fractured, we, we find ourselves enslaved to these limitations. And when that, when that translates into how we pour out our love, we can't, we shouldn't limit the love that God has poured through us mm-hmm. uh, to pour out onto others, and and I, I think that's that's uh, that's an important point here as well. Yeah, um, excellent point. I'll bring bring us. I'll bring us back to pets for one second. Here's something Pope Francis isn't saying. I think he's not saying that your pet isn't important. That's right. You know, right. he, he's not. You know, he's not saying, "Hey, you know, you should all get rid of your dogs and your cats now and and go out and have kids." No, he's saying, you know, he, he's saying that you should have children if you're able to have them and have as many as you can. But he's not saying, you know, a great example comes from my vet. Someone came in one day and their dog needed some kind of surgery and it was going to cost three hundred dollars. And the person said, "Eh, I can go get another dog for a hundred and twenty dollars. <laughs> Just put the dog down." Ooh. And the vet looked at them and said, yeah, you know, you can go and do that. But it won't be the same dog that you have a relationship with, that mm-hmm. you've grown with, and that you've loved with, no matter how old the dog is at this point, right? And they're like, mm, I don't know. you know. And she said that she had a really hard time, like, kind of, you know, working with this couple. And so that's, you know, that's something I don't think the Pope is saying. I think the Pope is no. not saying, you know, just dispose of your pets. You know, you have a rela- – like, I, my, my dog is not my son, right? Right. I'm going to say that just up front. Mm-hmm. But I do have a relationship with my dog, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's that right. my dog has – you know, you can't tell me my dog doesn't love me and I don't love my dog, right? You know? Well – I could say that, but yeah. it would be nuancing the word love correct. in a human way. You don't love your dog as you love a human. That is correct. Yeah, that's, yes. That would be the distinction. So, I, yeah, 
animals are part of God's creation and they're good and they have their own kind of intelligence. I mean, you can see what um, horses do and elephants oh. do. You know, those are my, some of my favorite things on uh, on 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 social media to watch. And I had a dog growing up and I love dogs. I'm allergic to cats, so I'm so not, I. I don't really mm-hmm. like cats. But I, I, I do love dogs and they're they're fun. But yeah, the Pope wasn't saying get rid of your dog and cat, but he was saying a dog is not a human being and a cat is not a human being. And those distinctions are pretty important. And there's something about being a parent. If you're able to have children, um, it's a good thing to do. Absolutely. A natural thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, so that was our first question. You know, we'll be here every week, and if you have a question, you can just email that to me. I'm at mhays at org. That's mhays at org, And we'll take your questions. We're going to do one a week. That's basically going to be the show. Uh, and then we'll do two other quick features to kind of close things out. And so our, our first feature is called the Church Search, and we're going to basically suggest a place for you go to for you to go to church here in the Diocese of Cleveland. And, uh, Father, this week we want to suggest where? St. Charles? St. Charles in Parma. Now, you know a little mm-hmm. bit about this place. Yeah. Uh, although I was baptized down at St. Wendelin's, I grew up on Thornton Drive, just three streets south of St. Charles. So after confirmation, that became my home parish. I had my first Mass there back in 03. It was the parish, the church was built in 1923. It's Romanesque. Uh, beautiful, well-maintained. Mm-hmm. Father Carlin is the pastor there. And, and the church is about to turn, the parish is about to turn 100 years old. In 100 years, there have only been three pastors. Wow. All Irish-Americans. <laughs> so Father Carlin is, um, who knows how long he'll be there, but I know that he's hoping to be there because he's nearing retirement age until the parish celebrates its its centennial anniversary. Wow, that's amazing. And the parish is also known for having putting green grass. It's called Creeping Bent out front. And inside, I was actually part of the uh, renovation project when the saints were added. There's 33 saints depicted in the church representing every nationality in the parish, oh, at wow. least at the time. Oh, that's great. So that's cool. I've never noticed that in there. I'm yeah. going to have to look next time. I go out there. There's a young adult group that meets out there in uh, in Parma and the Parma Pod. You know, We have mm-hmm. pods of, par- of parish clusters that meet together and do young adult ministry together. So this is one place that I've been before. And they're going to be part of our Nine Nights of Night Prayer, right? Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Correct. So we kicked off Nine Nights of Night Prayer, the three of us, along with our friends Francine and Terry, uh, calling people to come to nine strategically chosen parishes in the diocese for nine consecutive nights at each parish. So that's 81 nights of night prayer. And it's a novena leading up to a Marian feast. So we did it at the uh, working up to the Feast of the uh, Assumption in August, the Immaculate Conception in December. And now we're doing it working up to the Feast of the Annunciation, March 25th. So there'll be nine parishes participating. St. Charles will be one. Church will open at 8 o'clock and night prayer will be prayed at 8.15. Night prayer takes about seven or ten minutes to pray. It's a great way to uh, pray and also to invite people to pray who have not been to the Catholic Church or haven't been in a while. Great way to end your day, you know, mm-hmm. on, your, on your way home from work, or you know, you just finished meal, a meal, you're going out for your evening walk, and you stop in and then finish your walk on the other way back to home. It's a great time. And then finally, uh, we'll do a little bit of a coming attractions for the next week. So our gospel for next week was there one thing that we can take away that like maybe we should pay attention to in the readings this week. I was just praying with the gospel this morning. Uh, the line, love your enemies, do good to those who hurt you. Ah. Uh, it's beautiful, it's challenging, and it works. So 
If Jesus said, love your enemies, it's probably because he knew that we all had one or two or maybe more. Um, But eventually we want to turn those enemies into friends because they're friends of Jesus. And so part of the way we get there is by praying for them and loving them, as hard as that may be and goofy as it sounds. Exactly. So forgiveness on everybody's mind and loving your enemies for next week. And so that's our show for today. Uh, This is Question of Faith. I'm Mike Hayes. He's Father Damian Ferentz. Thanks to Miguel Chavez for being our first guest here this week. And uh, we'll all see you next time on Question of Faith.